friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, February the 11th. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's life and God's goodness and God's grace surrounding you today. My friends, we've made it to Friday. I hope your week has been a good one. Uh, And uh, I appreciate, as always, you being present with me and breaking open God's Word together where we can give ourselves more and more uh, to where the gospel invites us, where Jesus invites us, that we may, as he says, you know, get behind me, that, that he is the one who leads and we follow. And, uh, and if we do indeed uh, wish to, to follow uh, the one in, in whose name we bear, Christian, uh, we have to learn more about him. And this is just one of those tools, one of those ways that we can get, uh, you know, just not get behind, but just uh, continue to learn more about, to be formed in the image of the one uh, we wish and desire to be uh, formed in. Boy, that was a long intro to, to just getting to the to the uh, word, huh? So, okay, as always, as we have been doing this whole time with Mark, we are just going to continue to sequentially move through. Uh, we'll finish up chapter 7 today. Uh, we'll start on chapter 8 next week. The interesting part of 8 is, I believe, if memory serves, and I haven't looked forward, chapter 8 is an important one in Mark's gospel because the hinge of his gospel happens there. Mark's only 16 chapters long, but that hinge uh, of, uh, of basically who do we say that Jesus is, that whole encounter at Caesarea Philippi, and then he starts moving toward Jerusalem. So... Um, Today, Mark chapter 7, verses 31 to 37. Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee and into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, you know, just again, little background. So, we know that Jesus was entire yesterday. And uh, had that encounter. He's trying to get away, right? Trying to hide. And he uh, was encountered by the Gentile woman, the Syrophoenician woman. And, uh, and so Tyre is up in Gentile territory. Well, then here today, he leaves Tyre and goes to Sidon, which is also along the coast of the Mediterranean. It's actually north of Tyre and is also in Gentile territory. And then goes south, south and east, to go to the Sea of Galilee, goes across it, and to the area of the Decapolis, which is again 
Gentile territory. The Decapolis, by its very name, right, is, is Latin, right? So that's Gentiles over there of Roman origin, at least those ten cities are. That's what it means, the district of the ten cities. And uh, the only time we have been to the Decapolis so far, if you remember, was when Jesus went across. He went to the other side. We had that whole conversation about what that meant. And he encountered the man, the madman, who was in the, you know, shackled uh, in, the, in the cemeteries. And nobody could, uh, uh, could withstand. He was so strong until Jesus came and... and uh, he, he knew what strength was because Jesus can overcome any of that. So anyway, that's where he is now. Jesus is always on the move. Sometimes I think, man, Joe, you are way too sedentary. But Jesus' mission and ministry, he was always, always on the move. Gosh, every, every new story, he's moving somewhere else. Well, here in this region of the Decapolis, it says the people who lived there, again, most likely Gentiles living in a Gentile region, They brought him a deaf man who had a speech impediment. Didn't stop him from, uh, you know, they wanted uh, him to lay his hands on him. And it didn't stop Jesus from doing it. But here are the the couple of points that I want to make with this before I go on to uh, the feast we celebrate today. uh, Because it's an important one to me. So the first point is this. They bring him this deaf man who has a speech impediment. They beg him to lay hands on him. And Jesus took him off by himself, away from the crowd. Only there could he have that encounter. Remember, this man is deaf and mute. He, he's unable to hear, he's unable to speak, or he has speech impediment. He can speak, but, but it's, it's poorly. Um, and it wasn't until he has this encounter with Jesus away from everybody else. When's the last time, my friends, you and I went on retreat? Maybe we don't even do that. When's the last time we have purposely said, I need to get away for a day, for a morning, for an afternoon. I need to to put my phone, I need to turn it off. I need to put it away. I need to turn the radio off in my vehicle. I need to go somewhere where I cannot be contacted or seen uh, or, or found, and the only person that I'm there with is the one who took me away. Because it's there that he ministers to me. And he ministers in these unorthodox ways, right? I mean, putting fingers and ears, spitting, and, and putting the, the spit, you know, that he spit on his finger into the, into the man's mouth. Again, I'm not saying let's start doing these things, but I'm saying, brothers and sisters, God works outside of the ordinary, but he works through the ordinary. There's nothing more common than fingers and ears and spittle. All of that. Maybe they don't belong, you know, where he's putting them. But brothers and sisters, God works through the common and the ordinary. But sometimes we're in the midst of noise. We're in the midst of crowds. And I love it that God made us social beings. We're not saying get away from people, but I'm saying there's a time and a place. There is a season for that, for you and I. And and when is the last time we've made space in our lives for that? Maybe it's every morning when you have a prayer time. That's wonderful. And you just sit in silence with God and with yourself. 
Maybe it's uh, every once a week, you know, and you say, Wednesday evenings, that's my prayer time, whatever, and, and, and you just get away. Or I'm off Friday mornings and I, and I just make that my space. That's wonderful. When do we do that? And if we have not, again, no shame, let this be an invitation for us, right? Let this be the beginning. The man wasn't able to encounter and understand who Jesus was and meet him, as it were, until he was off on his own. Well then, okay, <clears throat> so Jesus says that word, I love it, ephada, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened and his speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. Ephada, be opened. Do you know where else we hear that word? Every time we have a baptism. Every time we have a baptism, whether that's in church or outside of church, the last rite, after the baptism proper, after the garment is placed on the, the child, after they have been anointed, after the candle has been received by the godparents, there is a rite called ephada, where the priest or deacon blesses the ears and the mouth of the person that says, may your ears you know, be opened and may your mouth proclaim God's praise. Just like this story. In fact, it comes from this story. Brothers and sisters, it is us who is this mute and deaf person. And, and we are called, of course, in following this one whom we call Christ uh, to bring open, uh, to open the ears of the, the mute or the deaf and, and the, the mouths of the mute. We are called to help do that. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie uh, or the play, the, the stage production of The Miracle Worker. If you haven't, please go see it sometime. It's a marvelous show. But it's the story of Annie Sullivan, of course, as she works with Helen Keller. Helen Keller was, was blind, was dumb, uh, was mute. I mean, had the speech impediment in the same way. And, you know, it, it's easy, I think, sometimes to romanticize, hey, we are called to uh, open the ears of those who cannot hear. We are called to open the eyes of those who are blind. We are called to open up the mouths of those who are mute. And we can romanticize and say, oh, that's fantastic, and, and let's go do it. But watch Annie Sullivan and watch uh, the, the work that it takes, the persistence that it takes, the intelligence and the creativity that it takes, the tenacity that it takes. I mean, that woman, I don't know what else in life Annie Sullivan did, but I know because she did that, the world was changed. Why? Because Helen Keller was a treasure. But if it weren't for Annie Sullivan, we don't have the treasure of Helen Keller. Brothers and sisters, we are invited to the tenacity and the creativity and the intelligence and the persistence and the, and the hard work of, of our Savior uh, and of this Irish strong woman, Annie, uh, to invite others to be open. But you know what the hard work first is? We got to let ourselves be opened. Let that be our prayer today. Be open, right? Um, Ephada. I mean, we, we were blessed that way. Our children who have been baptized have been blessed that way. We're, the Spirit of God is the one who has to do it. But, but, 
Our prayer needs to be, Lord, open me. Open my mouth that I may proclaim your praise. Open my eyes that I may see you. Open my ears that I may hear you. Open all these things that I may know you. And let God, in God's great goodness, look down on us and say, Ephada, Ephada, be open. Today, my friends, is the Feast of Our Lady of Lords, And I want to tell you a story, and I'll try to make it short, although it's, it's very detailed and very important to me. Our Lady of Lords happened back in 1858. So let's start here. In 1854, uh, the Pope at the time, and I don't remember his name, I think it was one of the Piuses, and, you know, they've been a whole bunch of those, at least 12, right? I want to say Pius VI, but don't, don't you know, quote me on that. Um, he uh, declared the uh, dogma, as dogma, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, that that was to be held by all, all uh, Catholics. In 1858, so four years after that, in Lourdes, France, Mary appears to this young woman named Bernadette uh, in a small, out backwoods town, which makes sense because Mary was from a backwoods town, um, and, and she appears as a, as a young girl, um, and appears to a young girl, Bernadette, who is of no consequence, which makes sense because Mary was of no consequence. Um, Bernadette was of average intelligence at best, comes from a nominal Catholic family at best. But none of that, none of that stops God from inviting Mary to appear to this young woman, Bernadette. And do you know what Bernadette had? If nominal intelligence and nominal faith, she had trust and openness. And didn't question when when Mary appeared to her and took that, of course, to the priest and then ultimately the bishop and was, you know, certainly scorned because of it. But ultimately, when Mary asked, uh, or excuse me, when, when Bernadette asked, who are you? And Mary replied, I am the Immaculate Conception. You know, which is, again, just that dogma that had recently been proclaimed. Um, I am the Immaculate Conception. And there will be a spring that will come forward from where she stood. And uh, they are to build a chapel over that and invite people to process to that place. And throughout the years, people have done that and processed to that place and uh, been healed through the waters uh, of Lourdes. Here's where my story is. Um, my daughter Bridgie is one of those people. Some of you may know this, but I think most of you don't. My daughter Bridget had an illness uh, from the time she was about I'd say three years old until the time she was about eight. And it's called ITP for short, idiopathic thrombocytopedia purpura. Uh, and, and ultimately what it is, is it presents itself forward in bruises. Uh, that she bruised easily, we thought, we just teased her for the longest time. We just thought she bruised easily like her mother. Um, but what can happen is she, her body had stopped, uh, not stopped making platelets, it still made platelets, but uh, it would destroy them because it thought it was a virus. And, uh, and so uh, we did everything we could to try to, um, uh, I mean, this, this, by the way, our bodies often will go through this. They said it's not uh, abnormal for, for a lot of people to have a body think its platelets are, uh, you know, some intruder and destroy it. But usually it lasts only for a few weeks or maybe for those up to six months, but then the body figures it out and it changes. Well, Bridgie's never did. 
And so we tried all kinds of treatments from various experts all over the area, um, you know, all, all over the area. And uh, nothing worked. Nothing worked. In fact, they always told us when we went in for a, a, one of these, uh, you know, treatments, you know, this treatment, um, it is, uh, here's what you're going to see uh, for 90% of the people, 10% will, will not be affected by this. And only like 1% of them will really have a terrible side effect. Bridgie was always all, I mean, literally, I don't think I'm exaggerating, always in that 1% that, that not only did it affect them uh, it, and didn't have any, any treatment or didn't, didn't affect in a positive manner, it, it was an impediment. It was terribly um, hard. And to the point where we, uh, when she turned, gosh, how old did she turn? When she turned seven, we had a, uh, a surgery, which was the last uh, ditch effort. We had her spleen out because we thought that's where the platelets were going through and being destroyed within her spleen. And um, for the first few months after the surgery, her numbers, her platelet numbers went high again. And we thought this is great. Um, but then they, they started bottoming, bottoming out again. And the problem with having no platelets, brothers and sisters, if you hit your head, you could have a brain bleed and bleed out. You have no platelets to stop that interior bleeding. Or if you have a stomach bleed, you might, I mean, just something like falling off a bike, like you and I do all the time, and, and we have internal bleeding, and, and our platelets stop it, and we're okay. But that wouldn't be the case for somebody like Bridgie. Well, then a friend of mine who had gone over to Lourdes came back, and he gave me a vial of holy water from Lourdes. And he said, uh, Joe, this is for your daughter, Bridgie. And uh, we blessed, Renee and I blessed Bridget with this vial of holy water from Lourdes. And within, hmm, I want to say three weeks, we took her down to Children's in Milwaukee. And, uh, you know, again, expecting nothing different than what we've heard for the last five years. And I think Bridgie was eight by this time, in, in the ballpark anyway. Maybe it was three to seven. Um, and uh, the, the nurse and the doctor come in, and they're just beaming. And the nurse looks at, or the doctor looks at the nurse and says, did you tell them? And, and the nurse is like, no, I was waiting for you. And the, the doctor said, I, I looked at Bridgie's numbers uh, for her platelets, and they're not only normal, they're above normal. She's like, and, and I didn't believe it. And so I had them look, I, I, I thought this, the samples had been switched. So I looked at the backup sample and that number was just as, as good. She's like, I, I jumped, literally jumped for joy. Uh, and Bridget ever since. And so again, this was back in 2009 now, um, uh, ever since has been, has been uh, healed of that and, uh, and lives a normal life just like you and I and has not had issue with the lack of a spleen, has not had issue with bruising. And I credit that entirely to Mary uh, from this healing waters of Lourdes and, uh, and she being the Immaculate Conception. So I am so grateful uh, to the gift of, of Mary uh, in the life of my family, particularly in the life of Bridget. And so I'm so grateful for this feast day today. I've gone a little long. Uh, I'm grateful that you, you sat and listened for a little while on that. And uh, my friends, let us pray, shall we? 
Let's begin uh, in gratitude for all that is in our life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth glorious mystery, Mary is crowned Queen of Heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us. My friends, have the best of weekends. Thanks for breaking open God's word with me.